Y'all listening to that 20 by 20 podcast, the best of wrestling, the best of hip-hop. Check it out. Boom. This is the 20 by 20 podcast. Shout out to the nation of domination. Yeah. High in these potty streets, but we doing our thing. Tell Coco beware, bringing them birds to the ring. Attitude error, WWF on the leather. It's that 2020 podcast. I go wherever your shorty with a frog splash. She look like Sunny, but she Puerto Rican. I came through like the repo man creeping. Welcome, 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 everybody. This is the 20 by 20 podcast, and I am your host, Nathan McFly. What's going on? Hopefully, everybody doing well. I know, I know the streets is crazy, especially in D.C. An amazing uh, set of events has been happening right now. Uh, I mean, hey, if you did not know the state of America before yesterday which was what Wednesday Wednesday the 6th of January then now you know now you know I'm gonna leave it at that I'm not going to elaborate on it much because it's everywhere it's in the news it's on any podcast that you're gonna hear right now it's on any basketball game that you're going to see at the moment. You're going to see people voicing their opinion, which is great. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, bringing to light the situation and what's wrong right now in America and what's been wrong in America for a very, very long time. But with that being said, this is episode 136. How's everybody doing, man? I hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody got a good a good New Year's fix. You know what I'm saying? I know it was it wasn't how a lot of us pictured it going into 2020. But you know, I hope you guys made the best out of it. Got to see your family. I know they're saying not to, you know, not to gather up in bunches and all that other good stuff. But, you know, sometimes you just need to see family. And I, I totally understand that. Just take all precautions, you know, wear a mask, necessary space, all that other good stuff. You know, you know, you got to gotta make sure Mom Dukes is good. Got to make sure Abuelita's good. Abuelo's good. Got to make sure the fam's good, especially if you got family that's sick. Got to make sure they good. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, just just sometimes, you know, you're going to have to actually go that extra distance and make sure they good. You know, it's, it's the way it's the way life works sometimes. But you just got to take care of yourself in the meantime, in between time. You know what I'm saying? So uh, everything seemed to be good going into New Year, you know, until what we saw yesterday. But, you know, there's a lot of good music out there. Any hip hop fans, I would suggest you listen to. In the name of Prodigy by Flea Lord. Fire. Fire, fire, fire. Uh, I mean, we said it here. You know, we got... Was it? Uh, Con- Conway. Conway got uh, the deluxe of his From King to a God. Got a couple of new tracks on there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. You know, you got also, of course, you got Kid Cudi who came out a couple of weeks ago. 
got a lot of a lot of good stuff there aldo aldo got some fire with spanish ram right now been been dropping fire for the last couple of years with spanish ram i love it but yeah man if you got anything that you want to listen to around that route i suggest you listen to that you're gonna see what we got for the for the you know end of the episode we usually put a nice song on and shit you're gonna see what we got for that but uh yeah man happy new year's to everybody and enjoy the show so last week we seen dedications to brody lee and something that i said last week was i hope wwe doesn't try to one-up aew and they didn't which was great and i feel like now that wwe was just giving aew the respect to honor their talent because at the end of the day brody lee was signed and working for aew gave them gave them the spotlight man like yo here like that's your man's now you know what i'm saying they did honor brody lee as we also said on monday night raw with xavier woods you saw biggie on friday with his promo how he interjected rochester new york you know rochester is where brody lee's from the names of his wife amanda and his kid uh just stuff like that the the disc lariat uh just everything 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 they try to interject a little of something of brody within the show and i like the fact that the talent was the ones that did it i really really enjoyed the fact that the talent had the the spacing in order to make sure that they you know they they showed respect to their fallen comrades, so that shit that shit was fly. That was fly, but R.I.P. Brody Lee. You know you're gonna be dearly missed, and hopefully we'll see this. You know every every year. You know we'll see maybe a Brody Lee memorial. Let's see what happens. Another thing from this past weekend, I, I would say not even weekend because us out here we'll see, we see it on a different time zone. But in the beginning of the week we had New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom, which we see Kota Ibushi finally finally get what is rightfully deserved to him which is the iwgp heavyweight championship not only that but the iwgp intercontinental championship he is the new dual champion it was great uh i'm a big naito fan so i really want a naito to win regardless of the story but this is the thing that i have with new japan i know that they're not as quick to load up their their new japan world because you know i'm i have that too i have access to that as well but this is my disconnect from new japan i love the in-ring i love what's going on there but i want to know the story you know i i love the the, the psychology and the, and the physicality in the ring but i want to know the backstory i want to know the promos i want to know how to like engage with that and in order for me to do that, I have to go back a couple of days later in order or maybe a couple of hours later, depending on the event and everything, and see subtitles. That's all I really want. English commentary and subtitles when it comes to New Japan. Because I feel if I get that from the beginning, I'll be more... This is just me. This is just me talking. I'll be more intrigued with... The story with the match with the process that's just me and i feel that when i see the westerners meaning you know anybody 
from outside of Japan, whether they be from England, whether they be from the U.S., spit their promos, and then you have the new, you know, you have the Japanese, the Japanese talent spitting their program, and it's in Japanese. It's like fuck. What was he saying back to him? You know, like I, I it's just if there was some way to have that translated towards the time that it's being said, I feel like I would be more dedicated to the product than I am right now. Like I said, I love New Japan. I really do. But it just takes a lot out of me sometimes when I'm trying to be invested in the story. If it's a build and if it's a story being built through time. Like a couple years back with the story of Okada and Omega, you kind of knew what it was just by seeing it, just by seeing the matches, just by hearing Kenny. And Kenny did a good job of doing promos in Japanese, fluent Japanese, and also bringing in that West crowd where he will do the promos in English. You know, that's that's very big, and that, that that's what intrigued me. That's what made me a fan of the product. I'm not going to lie. You know, I remember... Just watching all that, seeing all the Bullet Club shit, and I wanted to know more about the Bullet Club. So what I did, I did my history. I did, I dig down, I went around everything, and seeing like, oh, okay, so the Bullet Club ROH, Bullet Club New Japan, that's all the same thing. They're just out here as well with the with the Bucks, Adam Page. Um, then I seen Finn Balor. You know, when Finn Balor came over to NXT before he went to the main roster and his first go around. I wanted to know more about who this Finn Balor character was. I wanted to know about who was AJ Styles. I remember AJ Styles from TNA. I remember AJ Styles from his first go around in ROH. But I wanted to know what was he doing in Japan? How come he came out here with such fanfare? And it was because he was part of the Bullet Club. So it's just doing doing the digging, doing the research. I love doing that. That's something that, that I hold dear to me. I love just knowing the history on certain certain talent and, and things like that. and But besides all that, Wrestle Kingdom was amazing. I mean, Okada wasn't even the main event. He was just a, a 1B to the main event. And his match was, was amazing. Him and Will Ospreay. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like talking about Will Ospreay, especially after the speaking out movement. And, you know, kind of, kind of like his story going back and forth with that shit. But there was a story there. If you follow New Japan, you know how Okada brought in um, Will Ospreay. And Will Ospreay kind of like, you know, shitted on him now. And now they have this match culminating at Wrestle Kingdom. This was supposed to be Will Ospreay's coming out party. Him beating Okada. Him just showing everybody that he is who he says he is. The Kingpin. And, you know, can't beat the rain Rainmaker. The Rainmaker wasn't even shown the way it used to be shown. You know, he has the money clip hold now where it's just, a, it looks like a million dollar dream. And it was just a great, great segment between them. And I feel like it's not over. So let's see what happens with that. But I also, shout out to Jay White. Oh, man, he had a 50 plus minute match with Kota Ibushi on night two. That was mind-blowing. Like, this is amazing for a talent who two years ago, people were saying, I don't know what's the hype about him. I don't know why everybody thinks that he should be the member, um, 
the leader of the Bullet Club? Why is he the chosen one? Da -da -da -da. During that time when this is before facial hair, Jay White, before being, you know, being prolic the way he is right now, I thought Jay White was a great talent. And it was on display night two. It was on display, full display for night two to the point where I even tweeted, I was like, so who's shitting on Jay White now? Who thinks Jay White isn't that dude right now? He is a phenomenal talent that I'm hearing that is not signed to New Japan. His contract is up. New Japan um, had a lot of big losses this year through the pandemic. So uh, upwards, almost $10 million. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to resign him. It's looking like it's looking like Jay White is coming to the States. Where? AEW? WWE? ROH? Um, Impact? Who knows? Who knows? But whoever gets Jay White has got to pay top, top dollar. He's got to pay top dollar for him because he is a next level star. I feel that he's perfect within the WWE system. But let's see what happens. Anything could happen. Maybe he could just stay with New Japan. Maybe he'll stay for cheap. Who knows? But he definitely needs to get paid off for his talent. Definite. Uh, all right. So that was Wrestle Kingdom. Those were the things that stood out. Of course, G.O.D., you know, seven times, seven times, seven times, seven times tag team champions. I.W.G.P. heavyweight tag team champions to, to be exact. Shout out to them. But uh, another thing that kind of like was making some making some noise on Twitter for Monday night was Cardi B. Cardi B and WWE, a hip hop, a hip hop wrestling, you know, clash happened on Monday night where. What was it? I, uh, I think it was Tori Wilson talked about that, that Cardi B was in, in a room and it was the boogeyman and then, you know, whatever. But R-Truth came out, rolled him up, got the win, and he is the 93-time 24-7 champ. <laughs> but this, this is the reach of WWE right here. And, you know, Cardi B talked about how she was a fan. She's done this before on Twitter. How she talked about she was an Eddie Guerrero fan, um, Batista, a whole bunch of people. So, you know, she was watching around the 2000s, early 2000s and shit like that. But with Cardi B being referenced within a segment on Raw, people started adding her. And she didn't know why she was being added so much So until she seen a clip where her name was being mentioned. And she's like, oh, Vince, this wasn't the way I was supposed to. Make my WWE debut. We're going to need... We, we got to have some words. You know, she said that jokingly. Lacey Evans called it a nasty. I mean, Cardi B, I guess, doesn't know what kayfabe is. She's not supposed to. She even said to herself she hasn't watched wrestling in years. So she doesn't know what the fuck kayfabe is. You know what I'm saying? So she came at Lacey. Just like she come at anybody else who's going to talk shit about her. And, yo, book it right there. That... That right there is your uh, high-profile match for WrestleMania. It's funny that I'm saying high-profile match, but just think of the publicity that's going to come with it. Just like the publicity that came with having Mike Tyson at WrestleMania for Austin for Austin and Michaels. 
Just like having Lawrence Taylor at WrestleMania against Bam Bam Bigelow. You know what I'm saying? AEW did it this week. Having Snoop on their show. You know, Snoop did Snoop Snoop tried to do a super fly, a super fly, you know, splash from the top rope. It didn't really work out too well. You know, he's probably gonna have to holler at Sasha Banks and you know for some tips and pointers. But th- this is sports entertainment. This is something that people thought AEW wasn't going to do. People thought AEW was going to stick to the sport, stick just to the wrestling and give us great wrestling. Impossible to do when you're on a major channel. You need more than just the wrestling fan eyeing your product. And as you can see with their ratings, once they have more than just the wrestling fan eyeing their products, that's when they go over a milli. That's when they go over a mil. Hopefully getting into that two, three, four million bracket. Maybe we'll start seeing people actually watching wrestling the way they used to watch it. You know? This is something that works. It works. You need celebrities. You need to have the entertainment factor within sports in general. In general, you look at it through basketball, baseball, football, wherever it may be. The entertainment factors like Deion Sanders, Odell Beckham, Terrell Owens, they're entertaining because of their character, because of their of their of their traits of who they are as a person. It's entertaining. It has eyes onto the sport. LeBron James. LeBron James is the king of basketball right now. Everybody wants to see what he's gonna do next. You know? Baseball, on the other hand, doesn't really have that too much. They really do not have that too much. But when you have the entertainment factor coincide with sports, it's a win-win situation. Win-win situation. You have other eyes besides the fan itself looking to see what's going to go on, looking to see what's going to happen, looking to see if any milestones are going to be achieved. Because it's something that you want to be a part of regardless of the situation. You know? And WWE has been known, been known to have hip hop artists part of their programming. You could go as far back as WrestleMania 5, where you had Run DMC performing at WrestleMania 5, where you had uh, 3 Six Mafia fresh off of winning an Academy Award doing, uh, what was it, uh, Mark Henry's entrance music and performing it on a SmackDown, on a live taping of SmackDown. You've had. Diddy perform at WrestleMania. You've had Machine Gun Kelly perform on on Raw and then get his shit his shit smacked in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just just so it's just so crazy. It's crazy how the crossover happens so much in front of our eyes, and sometimes we just kind of like push it to the side because we've seen it already. But when we see stuff like this, especially with a new company like AEW and having Snoop there, it's it's warming to see. It's very warming to see. And another issue that, well, can't say if it's an issue, but Ric Flair was being interviewed before for WWE UK before Legends Night on Raw. And he talked about Shawn Michaels being the GOAT. He said, it's not arguable anymore. Shawn is the greatest worker in the history of our business. I put a post of this up. And 
a lot of people I was I was kind of surprised of how how many people either disagreed or had some type of a problem with Ric Flair saying this. And it's something I said in the post as well. I feel that calling somebody the GOAT is basically individualized. It's what the person, the individual itself, who who they're talking about. Because to me, I have I have a list, you know, and I have Macho Man on that list. I have Bret Hart on that list. Those are two people that speak to me as a GOAT. A lot of other people, it could be Sean. Sean is, isn't arguable to a point anymore because of how many classics he has under his belt, especially in the biggest stage. Regardless of what anybody wants to say about Wrestle Kingdom, AEW, ROH, this show, that show, this show, and that show, everybody knows the main show for wrestling is WrestleMania. And Shawn Michaels has performed to the highest level at WrestleMania with the biggest talent. You can name it. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Ric Flair, um, the triple threat match between him, Triple H, and Chris Benoit. There is a lot of matches. And of course, there was a four-year period where Shawn Michaels wasn't doing anything. But when he came back and you know the the segments he was having on his on his comeback he looked like he did not miss a step and it was 4 years later it's just there's there's a lot of things that work for his argument that probably won't work for others like there's a lot of a lot of players now a lot of great great talent now just to name a few uh the young bucks you could tell, you could see the Shawn Michaels influence oozing out of those two, right? Uh, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, uh, Damian Priest. I mean, I, I'm just naming the younger talent on the roster and just seeing that. Just seeing the influence and like, yo, shout out to... Sir Wilkins, and he said, Amazing Red. A lot of people have been influenced by Amazing Red. We just are starting to hear it now. But these are people, AJ Styles. AJ Styles talks about how big of an influence Shawn Michaels is on his career. Like Shawn Michaels made stars. Another person who's very, very influential and who, who could probably be there, but they said that he's on the SmackDown Mount Rushmore is Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero is another person who inspired so many. Inspired many, many different talents that we see today. This can't be unnoticed. You know what I'm saying? Like, just the, just the stuff that these people do. And, of course, you know, CM Punk said, you know, that's Flair's own opinion. And that's correct. When it comes to the GOAT. And I'll go back towards an NBA reference. Everybody always references uh, LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Some people go right over Kobe Bryant, which is to me is fucking mind-boggling because Kobe Bryant is also a GOAT. To me, Kobe Bryant is probably the closest to Jordan I've ever seen in my life. 
You know what I'm saying? So this is just, it speaks to the individual, it's subjective to the individual. And with Sean, a lot of it has to do with his body of work. It speaks for itself. And I understand who was Flair supposed to say. Flair's had three people he's mentioned through his career that are his favorite wrestlers. Sean being one, Ziggler being the other, and I think it's Randy Orton, if I'm not mistaken. But out of those three, Shawn Michaels is definitely on top. Shawn Michaels is definitely on top. We can't just not look at what he's done. Shawn Michaels has given us classics. So... Like I said, it's subjective to the individual. Who's the GOAT? But I feel that Shawn Michaels is one of those people that could be mentioned in every conversation of the GOAT of professional wrestling. So I'm just going to leave that out there. On Monday, we had Legends Night, as you know, Ric Flair was, you know, had that little interview before then. My, my question is, is this good to have? I would say yes reason why it's good to have Legends Nights is because right now, and this is not only with WWE, we know that WWE has had a big problem with creating these new mega superstars, but also is WWE, is WWE even trying to create that? Do they want a star that's going to be bigger than the business itself? I don't think they want that. They, I think they want the name of the business to be bigger than the star in order to gain more money off of it. It's easy as that. That's the way I look at that shit. But I don't think that we're going to see that anymore. And then having these legends come around and kind of giving the rub just a little bit, you know, just just showing their faces or doing their catchphrases. Like when I seen uh, Teddy Long pop out, I was waiting for him to make a match with The Undertaker. Just waiting for that. And the whole segment with him and New Day was amazing. I loved it. Uh, Hogan, though, Drew ain't need that. Drew did not need Hogan there. He did not need to do his catchphrases and his poses. And this is why. And I'm going to go back to something Hogan said. He's, he talked about how the younger talent are not as welcoming as, I guess, talent around my age. You know, mid-30s would be. When he comes around. But this is exactly why. Why does he have to. Not only open the show. But why does he have to have. The top guy. The champion. Do his phrases. And his poses. Why he could have just. Put the other guy over. Why he couldn't put the new guy over. And it's just stuff like this. And it takes me back to what Daniel Bryan was saying. In his. And his talking smack piece where he was talking about this being his last run as a full-time talent. He talked about how the generation before him didn't know how to let go. The generation before him weren't as easy towards building the new stars and giving them the rub and all this other shit. And it's 100% true. You saw it that night. You saw it that night with the lady, like, yo, dude, everybody knows who you are. They don't have to be nice to you. What if they're not nice to you because of some of the shit you've done in your fucking life or career, bro? 
you know why a lot of the people are not welcoming towards you. You know already. So why put that? Why even put that out there? Makes no fucking sense. And what Daniel Bryan said was true. He's trying to usher a new wave of the veteran, of the OG. You move out of the way for the younger talent to have the way. You teach the young boys and tell them how to do things. You know what I'm saying? All this shit of not not wanting to let go of the past and not wanting to let go of the of that like that star power. Yo, listen, man. If you can't get in the ring and go 15 minutes, you need to let go. You need to fucking let go, especially if you're in your 50s already. You know, and of course, star power moves the needle in 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 wrestling, and we've seen that with the Legends Night. Raw got their biggest rating in almost a year, just having those guys there. You know, it might have looked a little a little iffy, a little clunky at the end with Goldberg and and McIntyre. But before I get into that, I just want to say this. Shout out to fucking Keith Lee. For anybody that doubted him because they were sending him to the performance center just to polish his shit. Look at the way he wrestled that match. He wrestled that match like a big man. This is exactly what he's going to have to wrestle like. Because to be honest, let's be honest. As fans. Keith Lee about 40 pounds heavier than what he was when he first came to NXT. He's getting bigger. He needs to... play within his weight because as you can see he can't do a leapfrog as as best as he could he probably can't jump over the jump over the top rope the way he could before but he could deliver a flawless fucking spanish fly shout out to keith lee he looked phenomenal even though he lost drew mcintyre sold everything for him Made him look like a million bucks. And you know why this is important? Him looking that fucking good within a championship match on the main event on Raw. Because going in to the Royal Rumble, there's something positive to talk about for Keith Lee. And there's something positive for his outlook going into the going into WrestleMania season. And this is it. We're not going to see Goldberg win the Royal Rumble. Goldberg is facing McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. Goldberg pushing him looked crazy because we didn't get to see what happened after that. But if you went online, went on Twitter, you've seen that he headbutted Goldberg and all his other shit. What I want to see from here, I don't mind Goldberg there, just like I didn't mind Sting showing up at AEW. We're going to see Sting wrestle in AEW and everybody's waiting and ready for that shit. I understand with Goldberg is a different story. I don't understand with Goldberg. There was a couple of flaws not even too long ago. We're talking like a year, year and a half ago. But what I want to see is Goldberg do his due diligence as a veteran. Give McIntyre that big win. And what I mean by a big win, let him squash Goldberg. Squash Goldberg. Let Goldberg do his, you know, do his hits. As they would say. Let him do his hits. Let him do what he got to do in the ring. Look good for a second. But let McIntyre. As soon as he tries coming in with a spear for the third time. Boom. Hit him with the Claymore. Hit him with the Claymore. That visual right there. 
whoever could catch that picture, if it does happen, is a, it's going to be an amazing visual. And I feel that McIntyre can come out of this strong. And if Keith Lee wins the Rumble, we're going to have something very, very interesting at hand. But I still feel that a SmackDown competitor is going to win the Rumble. And I still feel that Keith Lee is going to get another championship match at Mania. I've been saying it, and that's what I think will happen. So let's just uh, let's wait to see what happens. We got three more weeks, if I'm not mistaken, until Royal Rumble. But uh, another thing that's very, very interesting is something that happened on AEW last night. We seen a reformation, if you would say, of the Bullet Club. Now, this is something that's been done. We've seen references to it on WWE television. We've seen them try to do it on WWE television. References when it went back to, uh, forgot what year Survivor Series it was, when it was Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. Phenomenal fucking match, by the way. And they threw up the two sweet at the end of the match. We had the OGBC, the original, original Balor Club. That didn't work out. Then we had AJ Styles with Gallows and Anderson, and they were just known as the club or OC, the original club. Oh, my God. The jokes that came with that one, let me tell you. But um, it wasn't done right. We all know we all know that it wasn't done right in WWE. The way AEW presented it last night was gave it it is a nostalgic feel. Gave it a feel that fans wanted to see in WWE. That fans wanted to see on just mainstream television in the states. You know what I'm saying? Because to think about it, if you're a fan in the States and you're you're a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You was a fan of the Bullet Club. You was a fan of everything they were doing out there. They were one of, if not the best faction since the heyday of factions. And we're talking NWO. We're talking Four Horsemen. I mean, before Bullet Club, we had Evolution. Evolution was okay. Underrated. Faction, of course, as we always do. Shout out to the Nation of Domination. You know, we've had a lot of really good factions, but the Bullet Club was something else. The Bullet Club was something so organic and something that just spoke to the wrestling fan. So for us, I mean, I'm including myself. When I seen all of them throw up the two sweet, beat the shit out of John Moxley, it just, it was great. It was so, so good to see. And it was like, wow, what a nostalgic factor. And, you know, it's not that not that nostalgic. I mean, the last time we seen all of them throw it up together was what? Four or five years ago, you would say? Around then? Before um, the Good Brothers and Styles left the WWE. And this brings me back to building superstars. Having needle movers. Like this right here was a needle moving moment. Even if you don't want to admit it, this this could move the needle or just start moving the needle towards AEW to where 
NXT, NXT had a phenomenal show last night. But they're going to have to do more. They can't just be wrestling-based. And that's what NXT does very well. NXT is a well-oiled wrestling program. At sometimes, you know, when they have their their uh, gimmick events like Halloween Havoc and stuff like that, that's where the entertainment factor comes into it. You have characters like Shotzi Blackheart, um, uh, oh my God, Kushida. You have other characters that they just speak to an entertainment base like Undisputed Era, and so on and so forth, to where. They do so well in the ring, you don't really pay attention to the to an entertainment factor of it. But what AEW's been doing is something that people didn't think they were going to do. They're adding entertainment to their product. And it was going to happen. If you really thought they weren't going to do it, it's just ridiculous for you to think that. Look what's happening right now. They have... Probably the best coronation of the Bullet Club in the States outside of ROH. You feel what I'm saying? And it's funny because now it's like, all right, they didn't mention Moxley being in Japan. Which is funny. They didn't mention that. But there's a lot of New Japan references when they see Kenny Omega. It's a lot of New Japan references last night when... The Good Brothers, the Bucks, and Kenny Omega were all in the ring together and talking about, oh my God, they haven't been together since Japan, since New Japan. And that's Jericho putting that in there. This can be a start of a relationship that can start rivaling not only that Wednesday night, but maybe the Monday night. Think about if AEW has a partnership with AEW, Impact, and New Japan. We already see something that Tama always does through social media on Twitter. Talking about betrayal. Talking about this is the OG. This is the OG BC. This is the OG club. These are the OGs over here. Spitting that knowledge about what the Bullet Club is. What if Tama Taga shows up? What if G.O.D. shows up one, um, one night on AEW? Or maybe Impact to step up to the good brothers. Like, yo, what's up, bro? Like, these these are the dudes that turned their back on us. And they, they, made it, they made it known through their social media work how they feel that Kenny Omega, the Bucks, and Cody are just basically puppets. Are just basically traitors. You know, you've, you factor that all into... A story, it's prime for some really, really fucking good television. So, shout out to Tony Khan and AEW for what they're doing and everything they're doing within pro wrestling is it's a lot more entertaining on AEW right now. I know that they have a lot of stars on the rise. They also have a lot of other talents that need more polishing, which you know this is why they have AEW Dark. But they need this. They need those polished stars from Impact. They need those polished stars from New Japan Pro Wrestling, hopefully. 
and maybe it'll just have more eyes on their product going going forth into 2021 2022 into the future so let's see what happens with that but going back to uh what i was saying about nxt nxt was just a amazing show last night with great matches we had a last woman standing match with raquel gonzalez and rhea ripley great physical match between them that that choke slam through the stage and i mean listen raquel gonzalez reminds me of like a female braun Strowman, but it's just it seems so fluid for her it seems so natural for her and she makes things as little as a clothesline seem so real and i feel that with her in the NXT women division, it's just going to catapult that division into somewhere else. They needed a monster hulking figure within that division for a person like Io Shirai to try to go over. Io Shirai right now is Bret Hart. Raquel Gonzalez is Yokozuna. If you get like my analogy there, just, just the way I'm trying to play the part with with the with the talent but this could call for some really really great matches man and i just can't wait for that uh kyle o'reilly and finn Balor, the chemistry between these two is just undeniable you can see it in the ring you can see what they're doing in the ring it's phenomenal them selling injuries them selling the fact that they're hurt and they beat the living shit out of each other this right here is the the formula of New Japan brought to the States. And I'm glad that Finn won. I feel like Finn should, if they're trying to move him back up to the main roster, I feel that Finn should be there at least through WrestleMania season. They need him for TakeOver. They need him for that match against Karrion Cross. Another great match. By the way, Karrion Cross and, and Damian Priest. I feel like within that match, Karrion Cross was being pictured as this monster running over talent. You can't just have that type of characteristic within your within your character moving forward. Because if you run over everybody, you bury everybody else, and nobody else could either move forward or try to move out of that run. Like as you see with uh Champa, Champa's still trying to move himself up after that one-sided loss he had to carry across, but it was needed at the moment. And the one person, if any, that could come out of that would be Champa. But going back to the match with him and Damian Priest, Priest looked great. Priest got some moves in. Uh, Cameron Cross was actually selling for Priest, which was great. I feel like it humanized the character a bit. He's not this hulking monster figure that can never be taken down or never be choked out or whatever it may be the match between him and priest at one point it started looking like uh, a jiu-jitsu match a karate match these guys you know throwing kicks and those other stuff the roundhouse kick from the top row from damian priest was fire damian priest is gonna is he's a star star in the making right there if his promos get to a point where he can engage the main audience, the main roster, he's going to be great. He is going to be great. He He's another person that could catapult that mid-card position 
in the main roster and then move up old school way. How I think they're doing with Big E right now with the Intercontinental title. Moving them up old school. So, it's just very, very intriguing to see. I love, I love the match between him and Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross now, now, when you see a Karrion Cross match and he's looking like he's hurt, it's, it's a little more believable now. But, can it be believable with the size of a guy like Finn Balor? That's the thing. But that's where psychology comes in and that's where you start working at the limbs, working at body parts to make sure that you're making the match a little even between two people who are not the same height or same weight. So I can't wait to see something like that. I feel like we're going to see that Mania season, NXT TakeOver during Mania season. We will have a Karrion Cross versus Finn match and that might be the end of Finn's title run. Uh, I can see it go from there and him going back to the main roster, but I'm just hoping that when he does go back to the main roster, he doesn't lose any of the momentum that he has built through these last couple of months, almost a year, while he's been in NXT, because he's really found himself as a character and started to you know gravitate to more of the person he is within his character. So I'm just hoping it's not lost if he goes back to the main roster. If he stays in NXT, I'm with that as well, if he stays. But uh, I know it's 45 minutes in. <laughs> we usually go on for an hour plus, but it's just one person talking here, and I can't believe I'm talking for 45 minutes. Shit is crazy, but, you know, it happens. It is what it is, you know. <laughs> but um, I hope everybody's safe out there. Please, please, please be safe out there. A lot of crazy motherfuckers out there just, you know, trying to basically just make it to the news and follow a, a blind prophet. Just going to put it at that. So you already know. We're going to leave you with a track off of Flea Lords in the name of Prodigy. Fire, fire project that he has here. Um, You know what? I think I'm going to go with... All for the GOAT featuring Conway. You know, oof. You know what? Damn, he has so many so many fire joints here. He got uh Torch Carriers, Ransom, Infamous Bop, Big Twin, uh Woo Lords with Ray Kwan. He got the joint at the end, about to take losses with Havoc. Yo, listen, man, this is 10 tracks of fire. Shout out to him. You know, shout out to all they're not even new New York niggas. But just shout out to the to the New York rappers, you know, in the scene right now. I'm really doing justice with the bars, man. And I'm talking, of course, I'm talking about Flea Lord, talking about Ito, talking about the whole high enterprise UFO feed, Red Inf. He got something fly out right now uh, with G Wits. Uh, who else, man? There's so many more to name. But they're all out there making beautiful music of course Griselda making beautiful music uh man static selector Jesus thank you thank you thank you for the bars you know what I'm saying and this is the 20 by 20 podcast episode 136 I am your host Nathan McFly See you around on the go around. Shout out to the nation of domination and shout out to Los you know, Boricuas. I think we got the wrong impression about me. I think in all fairness, 
Nigga. 